I think I heard John Gabers before I ever saw him. We were at some shithole rehearsal space. Probably near Times Square. These places were mainly used as dance studios and they permanently smelled like sweat. The improv nerds rent the spaces probably didn't help the stink any. Anyway, I was leaving and I heard a big laugh and the door from the space next to mine opened up and I walked Gabers. A few months later, we were performing together. We've been friends and collaborators going on 19 years now. I've slept on airport floors with him, I've cried with him, and I've sure as hell laughed my ass off. He's one of the most likable guys I've ever met. And whether it be on the VH1 and MTV talking head shows he did in the aughts, or the true TV show he did last year and the millions of things in between, or the many podcasts he does, including his own High and Mighty, or his extremely memorable appearances on The Doughboys or Comedy Bang Bang. It's been cool to watch more and more people get introduced to him and fall under the same spell the rest of us have. In a lot of ways, he and I couldn't be more different. Where he's gregarious and open, I'm cagey and suspicious. But we are both pretty autodidactic, and we both have passionate interests that are all over the map. And one of them we both agree on is movies. So buckle up. We're in store for a good one. We'll be back with Gabrus. Wow. Oh, dude, I, I truly thought I knew this movie by heart. I've seen this movie like you have seen. See, I this is my first viewing. Wow, I saw this like a hundred times as a kid, and for a while I conflated all the bad sequels and shit. Right. So this is of all the movies I have uh, here in the van. This is probably the one I have the most sequels to. They made like five of five Urax movies. Urax. What I'm not positive. I always called it Urax growing up, but in in the movie they pronounce it like multiple different ways. <laughs> the actors don't settle on one way to say Urax. So this is the Blade of Urax, prop a pretty bloody Conan knockoff from 1983. Conan made a cultural mark. Certainly did all the way down to Lindale Street in Wantaw. That shit fucking hit, dude. That movie, impre- like that's what made me chase so down. Did you, seek out, did you seek out all the knockoffs? I that was built for me as a little D and D kid yeah. who was into Conan the Barbarian. Anything fantasy, I sought out, you know. And so when I found Blade of Orax, so yeah. it was fantasy, but I, I this called is it sle- nasty when yeah, I was a kid. This is sleazy. <laughs> yeah, sleazy. Sleazy is the grown up yeah. word. It's like and rewatching. Conan in prep for this coming over here. I yeah. rewatched uh, Conan. I watched Conan. I watched two. two old, I watched all to, two old episodes two, of Conan. Two Con- late night with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched uh, Conan the Barbarian. And that movie is sleazier than I remember it in my head. And this, <laughs> this is nothing compared to Urex. <laughs> well, because, and it's cool because most of the movies that most of the Conan knockoffs were more kiddie. 
more kid friendly. Yes, a little goofy, a little uh, like always like a kid proxy, like a little wizard yeah. or like the Red Sonia kind of move. Yeah, or, Red Sonia or even Conan the Destroyer. Conan, Conan like, the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is more in the Deathstalker realm of oh, yeah. um, people just trying to make a cheap knockoff. But it's pretty good and pretty violent. It's a little. They lean into the right stuff. They don't lean into the supernatural shit because they can't afford it. Even no. though there are some um, like ogre type guys. There's no justifications <laughs> as to why Urax is as strong as he is, except that he's he's a badass. He's a bad. He's a bodybuilder. Bad- well, yeah. So the one thing I do like about this compared to Conan is like he just exists as a badass. This isn't the story of how he became Urax. This is one of his adventures. It's like these guys watched. Uh, I forget the dude's names who did this because I, I, this is not one of the. So it's directed well, and this is the only one directed by Paul Wild, right? And right. Paul Wild, um, he did a a movie called uh, Two Car Monty, and Two Car Monty was about uh, it was a seventies heist movie, and. Ooh. That's a genre I love, and fucking Paul Wilde can direct the fuck out of cheap action. Is this movie low, low budget or higher budget? It's low budget. Okay. He, well, I'm he, curious yeah. what he does with this. Because this is – Blade of Iraq is one of his last movies, and then the writer, Bill Kramer, ended up doing a ton of the low budget sequels. And uh, Bill Kramer wrote a lot. Oh, yeah. Bill Kramer has, like, a producing credit on, like, the the TV pilot that didn't go. You know, he has a – he has a producing credit. I, like It's like Bill Kramer presents in the comic, the yeah. one issue. I can't find it anywhere. I only saw it at, uh, what was the place by uh, in the uh, East Village that uh, we used to go? Uh, not by Union Square, not Forbidden Planet. Was it Forbidden oh, Planet? Oh, yeah, uh, Forbidden Planet. Forbidden yeah, Planet, yeah. yeah. They had it there. They had it framed up on the wall. In the loose side, and I was like, that was one of those things where you're like, if I hit the lotto, I'll buy this. Because <laughs> at the time, it's like, oh, fuck, it's 100 bucks. Yes. Fuck that. And now you're like, why the fuck didn't I get that? Now it's like 2100 yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, that was, it was, he had, um, he turned one of those into Bounty in Time, which was kind of like the proto time cop. It was a bounty hunter who would like travel in time and get the other, um, uh, that's the one that like gay people time. love, right? That it's like it's the movie is kind of weirdly homoerotic, but like weirdly, it's yeah. embraced. Like it's kind yeah, of like not negative about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I want to do like that. a Freddy Two type situation uh-huh. yeah. where it's like it's can't be gay friendly. Yeah, and it's like they're like, oh, okay, you can't time travel with clothes on, and you it's hard to find your size once you arrive. You know, like that seems like that's. You know, throwing some stuff to the to the ground link. Yeah, it's every, like so you gotta strip down before you time travel. So this bounty hunter has all this like weaponry and like leather shit and he's gotta <laughs> take it off every and time he time travels. A montage of it coming it, off, yeah. a montage of the new stuff coming on. Look, and you know we we pod together all the time. You know I love a getting ready montage. Commando probably has like one of the more elite yeah. ones with the drawing the and Fucking time and bounty has like a dozen of them in both directions. If you if you took those out of the movie, you're looking it's at like, like a seventy minutes. two minute yeah. movie. <laughs> it's uh, he also he wrote one of the worst animated films ever made. It was a knockoff of Lady and the Tramp with cats, and it's kind of a gender swap where the the female cat is the scumbag. Oh my god! I think that came out when I was like uh, over, like you know, thought animated shit was for kids, and yeah. I skipped it. Like that was like. 
And cat shit never worked on me. That too. was kind of how he paid the bills, though. He made some of these like kitty cartoons. Well, he certainly didn't pay the bills off Urac uh, residuals. No, no, Urac wasn't. <laughs> but like, it had a following. It, like, just the fact that they made so many sequels. I know, and they were just bigger and bigger letdowns. I, uh, the fourth one, the Twin Blades of Urac. Yeah, the one where he plays. Where what's his name? He plays Burn himself plays and his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that is pretty fucking rad. <laughs> that but that's cool. more funny, so like, like so, like Urex. Yeah, Urex yeah. like has a fucking long lost brother in that one. That's when they're getting desperate. The whole franchise died when Kramer died. He was really sort of the brains behind it. He died um, on Y two K. He had a heart attack while having sex with his wife on. Th- New Year's Eve, yeah. 1999. Yeah, he never Holy made it. Like, shit. fucking Y2K premonition came true. Partying for him. like it's 1999 for real. I hope he did. <laughs> I hope he did. So he found his. That's probably the ultimate climax to die at midnight yeah. on the end of them. It's the millennium as you fucking <laughs> cream pie your wife. Well, I hope what was, was Y2K it. like for you? It was, you know, we. We were just in the basement. high school. Yeah, we were in yeah. high school, but we were, the whole family was just like in the basement. Oh, yeah, so like, you were with your family. W- with like weapons and shit. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, I, New Year's Eve, 1999. Yeah, yeah. I, was in, I was in a senior in high school. I bet you we went to a party at someone's house and left before midnight, <laughs> to be honest. We, I wasn't like, I was the age where that shit didn't no, no, no threat felt real I, i'll be even honest like in 9 11 when the fucking planes hit and i was like in college and i'm from 25 minutes away from the towers i was like that's nuts and just like went to like i was like just the young kid who could not give a fuck about the <laughs> real world yeah i was like shit dude i gotta eat two egg white omelets and go back to bed after art class <laughs> True story. I saw the Twin Towers fall and then went to sleep for like three hours. And all my New York-based roommates woke me up like, hey, man, did you hear it? I was like, yeah, I saw this morning on the news that plane was, that building was burning. And people were yeah. like, yo, dude. <laughs> yo, dude. Don't uh, worry, ran is easy, safe. 9-11 into another <laughs> podcast appearance. <laughs> I was stuck in the city because I was in school at the time, too, in New York. And I remember no one knew what the fuck to do. So like me, I was in art class when it happened. I had a Tuesday morning art class. Well, technically then I was in art class when it happened because I was out of art class when I saw going <laughs> so to get breakfast. Weird. I had an 8 a.m. foundations in art. And this is really humbling because it was before I had chosen art as my minor. Okay. So I would end up taking like 24 credits in studio art. Yeah. But I took this... I had to. I get, didn't know you t- took art classes. Yeah, I I my, I graduated with a minor in studio what art. What was the medium that you? I I did all the early digital classes. I took a uh, Adobe Illustrator class, a graphic design class, a Photoshop class, and Got we, it. you know, like I, I that was I the knew. art I was into. But I had to because of the minor. I took yeah. figure drawing, painting, <laughs> and I am. But you've seen me draw. I cannot do it. You're a good artist. Well, I now I wish I knew any. I had any skills as far as Photoshop or anything. I, me too. I don't I, know how I to kept like, that up. I would be have a profession. Also, I like <laughs> I fuck up. I you mean, have some, I verse a skill that you that people re- would like to have. I got to show you my where I draw and stuff and how old school it is, and it involves like 
making mistakes and like using whiteout. Yeah, you're not on like a Wacom tablet with a fucking pen or anything. Fuck no, no I can't figure out. And it would make my life so much easier after I fuck up or if I want to move things around. Like sometimes I'll like put the layout on a piece of paper wrong and I'll look at it and be like, oh, I just fucking blew this I whole thing. either I'm, erase it or throw this out. I got to maybe cut out the drawing and put it on a new piece of paper. Like oh, that, to re, like it's, like relocate it's like it. what they used to do with yeah. making comic book covers and yeah, shit. Yeah, you're right you there see, with your yeah, little yeah, scalpel yeah. cutting yeah. it out. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, why? Like, why don't... And uh, my friends will be like, just put it in Photoshop, move it around. I was like, I can't do that. Yeah, I don't, now I'm going to buy a scanner and shit. Like, I, I can't handle all that. So I got stuff. I was... My art teacher just left class. He He... I was in the bathroom when it happened, like fucking John Travolta and Pulp Fiction. I come back from the bathroom. The radio, they're saying there might have been an attack on because we had like classical music playing while we were all like working on our, like the project that he gave us. This was a drawing class. My teacher just took off because he had kids that went to school downtown. So he just left class. Holy shit. And then me and another girl in this drawing class. Now I got this huge fucking sketch pad. It's enormous. Like it's like the easel size, right? Yes, yeah, it's yeah. easel size. <laughs> so I pack up my fucking art supplies like a fucking chump. Yeah, I and had one I, of those big accordion yeah, folders yeah, that, like, yeah, I was one. Like, I was one of the few people that could hold it because my I was yeah. of height. Like the shorter people had to like carry it in front of them. Yeah, it's it takes the it, the full it's size of your arm. Tip. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> the subways are all cold, so and like nobody knows what's going on. And I'm like, should we just like walk to a store or something, thinking we can like wait this thing out? And instead, it's just crowds of people walking around all confused. Nobody, you know. And then I got back to school and everybody's on the roof, like watching the fucking building smoke. Everybody's fucking hammered. Dude, that was the fun. That's the thing I remember because we had we had an 8 a.m. class, ate breakfast at 930, saw one smoke, saw both towers were still standing, but there was smoke coming out of the top. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's crazy. Went to sleep. My friends, my roommates wake me up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard. Then we go out into the hallway and like I went to, you know, a Fordham sister school, Marist College, which is all tri-state area yeah. Catholic kids. And so everyone's in the hallway like, do you hear what happened? Do you hear what happened? It's like people whose parents work in downtown yeah. uh, New York City, people whose parents work in Manhattan. It's like everyone's at. And then one girl is like, do you think they're going to fucking cancel class? Yes, I'm going to get that, fucking. Dude. And we everyone and my my friends are or were and are scumbags. And we were like chill out lady like this we're really hashing out something serious here it was even we knew part. the party animal drug yeah. addicts were like whoa 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 the, also it's 11 30 a.m yes. the grossest part about being a college student around this time was the amount of kids i knew who were like how do they expect us to do work when like the fucking world's come down right, and just they were clearly excuse. any excuse. yes yeah it's like they should they, classes should be canceled on the 12th too you know like and, yeah and party. like yeah i'm like some dudes like uh apartment was just covered in the post headline they were all like like this was like the anthrax mary shit and then oh, the shoe right, bomber and right. he would just put them all up on the wall yeah it felt like the world was yeah. falling apart for a couple of years there i mean we're, i think we're just in year 22 of it happening <laughs> now to bring it back to urax no, to bring it back. There to is Eric. a smoking tower in. There Ar is a the smoking Ar tower, Ar and it's also, <laughs> you know, the the war drum started pretty soon after nine eleven, right? Um, and which led to the fucking forever dis, war, the forever <laughs> war, and the like disasters in the in Middle East. Uh, this is one of the most pro war movies. Uh, the 
Dude, it it's clearly it's the early eighties, but it's clearly like this has been in the drawer since like Vietnam because it's like it feels like only Orax can Orac can come in here and fucking solve so things. Let's, if, yeah. Pretty cool opening. They do a prisoner exchange, and it's like a three-way prisoner exchange, which kind of makes no sense, where you have this young It does prince. if you know that a couple of them should die. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so you got this young prince, and then his bro- – like, so it's three factions showing up. One is clearly the evil faction. And who is the fucking evil bad guy? His name is Zatak. <laughs> High Lord Zatak, played by none other than Sal Hershey, who, of course, we remember from Caller One. I covered it in the first episode of this podcast. Oh, my God. He plays God. Dr. Bob. It's a younger version of him. Obviously, like, that came out almost 10 years later. Still crazy tan. Crazy still fucking with tan. tan. Crazy, still fucking with <laughs> his tan. He's one of those, like... We we joke that Pacino's a hair actor. Yeah. This guy fucking this, this guy's, guy's a, a fucking skin actor. <laughs> yeah. He looks he looks fucking insane. And he made a crazy vocal choice in Caller One where he's talking like this. Hi, who's yeah. who's the caller? And in this one, he made a crazy like wig choice. He's got an afro wig. He's a white dude. He's got an afro wig, but then he also has a ponytail. Yeah, it. It's it's one of those things that looks so dumb, but also you picture like the props department and them going, yeah, I mean, this guy wants it. it. (laughs) He's one of the biggest names in this movie, which is sad. And like he must have made crazy demands of uh, almost like the the bad guy in Beastmaster, how he wanted that hook nose. Right. It it seems like and it also seems like you're maybe uh, our caller one boy is like uh, Sal Put, Hershey, yeah. Sal Hershey's putting his own little uh, politics out there that the evil guy has an afro and a ponytail. Yeah. And it's like a hip, anti-hippie, anti... It's like some fucking helter-skelter shit he's got going on over there. So, basically, we got good and guys... We should, wait, I'm yeah. sorry. I just... I'm, I meant to say this earlier. He is not making a vocal choice in this movie, but based on this movie... Not choice. Not making a choice is it's a huge choice because everyone, everybody else, else is European. Like it's like an international <laughs> cast, and then we have this alcoholic American playing a huge bad guy. You know, Gabrus likes to compare movies to video games, as, as he often does. Mm, yeah, Lord High Lord Zatak is kind of our big bad guy, right? Then we have our second tier bad guy, Bunghill. Which sounds so close to bunghole throughout the movie. Dude, we just straight up called him bunghole. Mm. Me and my brothers, we would just be like, you're like, because we would always make my youngest brother bunghole. Like I would, I would want to be, I would want to be your ex. And then my middle brother would be like, fine, I'll be Lord Zaytac. And then we'd be like, sorry, Jay, you're bunghole. So bunghole, he's, his people worship like a vulture deity. So like all his and that so comes he, into play huge throughout the film. <laughs> so like, but they yo, have like they, they, they have really like a, do a lot of world building in this yeah. opening sequence, yeah. and it's like clearly they're reacting to some notes of like, wait, we should know who everyone is by minute eight. Yeah. there's no need for us to meet the main villain and all these other characters yeah. right here. They do their exchange, and the good guys have like, uh, the the good guys have like their prisoners. And they give him up. It's like the son of K-Tac or whatever. And then 
or uh, Zaytac, and Zaytac has well, the fucking so prince. Zaytac's name is Gaytac. Yeah. It does, makes no <laughs> sense. It's like so complicated. So oh, we're gonna fuck up these names. So yes. I've seen this movie. I know this the lines of this movie by heart. And I still can't tell you all the main characters' names. And they're in this like uh, like desert landscape, and they all have different points. So Bunghole gives up. This young, the youngest of the three prisoners. He's the good young prince. Yeah. Then uh, Zaytac. Seen a little touch yeah. of uh, the, his love of homo- homosexual stuff with the little prince. <laughs> like you see a and, t- you see a dash of what will come out later. And you and- know he's all fucked up, and and because like something's going on, like he's not saying anything. And then the 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 older good prince, he was released by Zaytac. So they give up the two good princes, and then our hero, the like the if you. Sorry, <laughs> he gives up. He gives up like the evil fuck Katak, the son of Zaytak, and some other chump to bunghole. So they do their exchange. Oh, we, you gotta love like the the medieval or uh, fantastical version of a red shirt. <laughs> like, yeah. yes. And of course, this guy. It's like this guy's built to take a sword to the fucking head. <laughs> so yeah, you know shit's about to go down, and you know something's up with the good princes, and like. They go over to their brother who's releasing Zaytac and shit. And they, the three of them re, are re, rejoined. And, they, and he's like, my brothers, ah, it's good to see you. But they're all like hypnotized and shit. And the older brother reaches into the younger brother's mouth pulls out a fucking dagger and stabs his brother this in the way, head. Yo, and and the, the dagger is mad it's long. It's fucking long as hell. Yeah, this is what I was talking about. Yeah, I know. It's so long. And then and the, the brother, before he dies, is like, you said they were unharmed. And Zaytac is like, they'll be fine. And, like he, and they're all fucking laughing because they know what's up because they have some spell on the brother's. So like he, I will say yeah. the older brother mm-hmm. in of this of the good princes uh whatever the fuck their names are this dude good acting because you see a flash of him realizing what he did like even though he's brainwashed or zombified whatever the fuck Zaytac did to him it's but you see a flash of recognition in what he did and that's just like not something you expect to see in a movie like this like a subtle acting flash cuz this is one of the few <laughs> I think this and when uh, at at Urax o- over the dead horse later. Yeah, it was the best acting. Urax is uh, like so. W- basically, what happens is they want revenge. So the king is old, and now all his heirs are dead. They fooled him in this prisoner swap. They used their kids as the the bait, and now they've wiped out all their enemies. Now the only good kingdom in this fucking weird fantasy world has no heir. This whole kingdom is like peaceful, right? And that's why they're a joke because they believe in peace. And that's already like <laughs> it's so, and everyone that like and they like have flowers they have, in their like, hair. When, and they, like, when they do the prisoner exchange, they're like, now there will be peace amongst our kingdoms. It's it's so it's so American version of like wusses. You know what I mean? Like it's like no, you actually need to like arm your like sometimes bad shit happens and you got to be ready. They are all dressed up like they're going to play some sort of contact sport. Like when we see their land eventually, like when we establishing shot of their land, there's like a group of people in like armor and stuff. And you're like, oh, weird. They're like training. Mm. And then they all just start kind of dancing. And like, mm. that's what we're that's like. They're, they're fucking they're like, kata yeah, or whatever. <laughs> but it's really like positive and loving, but it'll, it'll pay off. In quotes, it pays off within the world of the script, but not as so, a fan of the So movie. how, what the fuck are they going to do? There are these peaceful people. They, um, 
they're they have no army really so they have to go find the one warrior who once lived amongst their people urax who they banish which is kind of a cool angle because he wanted to be part of that but he brought like he couldn't give it up yeah he so but oh right so he's living in the woods he's living in the right exactly and you just hear you hear as they're talking about it you hear like a loud like a distant clanging Mm -hmm. and that's fucking cool because it's like Throughout the, for the next chunk of time in this movie, the clang will get like slightly louder as we get metaphorically closer to meeting yeah. their acts. And it's and when when he's finally when they finally show him, it's and- pretty cool when they they go like they send these these like old troops to go get your ex in the woods and uh they're, they're and they're all That's like a cool part of their of the of the peaceniks people is that they're a couple of security guards they're warriors they're like 90 because it's yeah. from when they they're used all, to do war they're like oh yeah they're old uh like uh what's rosen Kranz and Gildas. Gildas. yeah <laughs> these guys look like these guys must have been in silent films like they must have been like you know what i mean like these guys this is 1980 they, they yeah. were born in the 19th century these dudes they look mad old and they're like uh, this but they remember yeah, your like, They like, have like a connection. Like, I don't like it here. It's like they say these woods are cursed. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Urex comes up behind them and grabs their mouths to like be quiet. And then, of course, like some ogre guys pop up and Urex takes out his sword and fucking like beheads one. And these now, guys look. Let's talk. The, let's the talk look of the, these guys, the, the ogres. ogres? What? They don't ever refer to them as ogres. No, we're calling them ogres. Because the they are from like the tradition of like half. An ogre in D and D lore is a half human, half giant. Yeah, and it's like that—that's the kind of energy we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. Is like they're—they're they're like fucking football players with bad masks on, or yeah. or like weird because they're wearing—they're wearing armor, but the armor is like cloth or so, like it's, it's cloth it, armor, and then they have kind of white wigs right, to be like <laughs> white wigs, sort sort of like. Oh, like the, the gray Hulk colored skin, not like yeah. Green. They kind of look like the um the mo- the Morlocks in uh, the Time Machine. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they look like, but big and with like visible gaps in some of the costume. Huge <laughs> cod pieces. <laughs> Again, we're seeing a taste of Twin Blades. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of that in there, and so this is where we meet Burn Coolstra. Who's a Dutch bodybuilder, and you bought one of his fitness books, right? I fucking, but I, it's really I, I obviously I don't read Dutch. Mm-hmm. I thought that like so the, like <laughs> I thought I get something out of like the photos and stuff, <laughs> but it's all like beefcake shots and then like descriptions of it. But like you thought there, I thought there'd be like figures of like this is my programming or something. Like it's I, not. It's there's no like there's just some like, programming, but it's like in it, Dutch in um, metric. And, you know, oh, yeah. like, I'm used to writing, like, 405 pounds yeah. by five reps for three set. Like, they're, Dutch is all over the it's place. It's already hard enough to work out uh, <laughs> <laughs> before you got to, like, do a lot of, like, trans translations. And, yeah. Adding homework to fitness is, like, not an ideal. That's going to put a block on me. Do you ever have fantasies about if you could relive your childhood, what your fitness <laughs> regime would be bro whenever people talk about going back in time knowing what they know now how they would act differently mine is like exclusively for like martial arts and Uh, like exercise it's exclusively like 
shit, I'll be doing five by five from like 17 yes. until 28. It's so sad yeah. that I do have those thoughts of like, <laughs> I, you know, my, my dad had that home gym and I could have put some, like, I could have gotten a notebook and written stuff down. <laughs> it's hard to let that stuff tried hard go. at sports yeah. also. Like, Did all- you ever hear about, like, uh, lifting, stunting your growth and shit? Yeah. That, that's an old wives' tale, right? It has to be. I mean, I think it's probably bad for a, a, an underdeveloped child to carry extra muscle mass. Like, I think, like, putting on, like, bulking in any way, which you just can't do with low test. Yeah. So I'm, cur- I'm curious what the real science is on that. Cause that's all we heard was stunt. Yeah. And my parent, my dad who worked out every day was like, they were so in the way of me going to the gym. Cause they thought like I was the oldest and gyms weren't like on, on long Island in the mid nineties, high school kids were paying gym memberships. Like we were all going to gold's <laughs> gym on Belmore road. And cause like, that's where the fucking wrestlers lifted when they were in town. We all knew gold's gym. Cause I was reading muscle and fitness magazine in 10th right. grade. Like, Jesus. so I knew all this shit, but my parents wouldn't let me join. Cause they thought I would like get into steroids. Yeah. It wasn't like there I, were a couple. I knew kids. a bunch of kids yeah, in high I knew school. Who kids did in high juice. school, yeah. <laughs> all the kids juice. They all did look like Jersey Shore. I mean, they were like basically like a pack of like Italian kids in my school yeah. that were all juicing. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say like our it just our pack is forty five percent of the high school population. The other forty five percent is Jewish, and the other ten percent is everything else <laughs> in my high school. The the fucking juice heads all got that like reddish, like, cause they, we're also like a tanning culture, Long Island people, right. but like they got like the reddish taut yeah. skin you gotta on their get traps the tan. and stuff. You got to get the fucking, the Hershey tan. Yeah. You got to go Hershey. You got to go full Hershey. <laughs> Hershey light chocolate. <laughs> so, Thank God he doesn't go dark Hulstra, chocolate. Uh, his big break was in a, uh, he played a, like an enforcer. He had, a, his first movie was in a Dutch drama about um two sex workers trying to get into high society now i've never seen that movie and i'm sure listeners of the pod have never seen it but you have probably seen the clip of him pulling the dude's head off out of the convertible Mm -hmm. that's kind of like his big kill in that movie and was like his big stunt where he reaches into the convert reaches through like the cloth roof of the convertible and pulls the dude's like head out and there's like blood, like he like doesn't really struggle with it. Like they established no, that he has the no. upper body strength to yeah. just upright row uh, a like, dude's head off. Mm. <laughs> and and that's just been it like set the bar for his his future of being in mostly violent fucking movies. And uh, he, he did a bunch of like kind of straight to to video cop uh, movies of varying quality, several of which I have. Right, and and. Great Euro voice. Great. I mean, this dude, how do you talk about this dude and not talk about Arnold? Like, this yes. is so clearly like someone's like, we got a second pot of we, gold. Yeah. People are it's like, like exactly. what if Arnold had the charisma of Chuck Norris? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> what if Arnold had the charisma of Chuck Norris and was even skeevier than Arnold is? Mm. And I don't know. Openly skeevy. Openly skeevy, yeah. but it might be. And forgive me, Dutch listeners, I don't want to offend anyone, but is that like a of the era Dutch thing of like the 70s? Because it wasn't in Austria as far as Arnold has taught us. But Yeah, I, I mean. Because it feels. Rucker Hauer never came off as like that sleazy. No. Even though he was in like a, like a bunch of. <laughs> he was in sleazy like, movies. Yeah. yeah. I want Because I just wonder if like. 
if Byrne is like, if it's like coming from a point of sexual liberation, but it just seems sleazy because he's like the broken English mm. and the giant frame. But, and, and the fuck keeps that weird fucked up haircut, like the fucking, the one that they based Strong Guy from X yeah. Factor on his yeah. haircut, where his whole head is his shaved. His head's he shaved <laughs> and he has a little curl in the front. <laughs> and that became his signature thing that he carries across movies. Is that character's name Guido, by the way? Uh, that Yes, yeah, Strong Guy's real name is Guido. So when they make the X Factor movie, Kevin Feige, reach out, please. I can play Guido. <laughs> I can wear my little, my little John Your Lennon tiny glasses. Tiny little glasses. Yeah. I think his, his backstory was that, that he was a bouncer. Strong. Yeah, <laughs> too. <laughs> Strong guy. It's fucking alarming that I can pull out his name at the fucking drop of a hat. It's crazy that I, the reason I can picture fucking Burns' haircut is because of the strong guy Marvel Masterpiece collectible card. Which, I mean, this is his, I'm doing the pose for Ben. This is, and I would say, yes, they probably got. Strong guy is Marvel's kind of tip of the hat to burn Coolstra. It's gotta be. It's got, they look too, they look too similar. And I'm sure a bunch of those, like, like comic book nerds are watching all the Iraq's movies. Oh, I'm sure. And you, if not, you should be because it's really got a lot of like early, you know, not, not early in the actual timeline, but it's got that like light superhero mm. touch. They keep why like, should they kill? Why should they kill them all? They're like, can you like, we want you to kill. He's like, what is in it for me? And, and you're like, Just this is, this is our hero. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to watch him negotiate when yeah. he gets out of it. But it's interesting that all he asked for is acceptance. Yeah. I think they think it's more interesting <laughs> than it really is, too, because the, the music sting when he's like, it's so dramatic. Accept me. I and, should, and I, they're like, they even look at him like, like you could have just come back. <laughs> I know. We just you, we told you to stop being violent. Yeah. You just have to stop killing people. But we're giving you the green light. Get it out of your system. And this is where they mention, because he's like, without my blade, I am not. I, I can't even do that. You're better at voices mm. than I am, but it's like, without my blade, I am Dothig. Yeah. And he... You took my arm. <laughs> Give me my blade. So this is this is cool. They had frozen the blade in a glacier, like yeah. however long ago. They make it seem like, based on <laughs> if there's no uh, magic to it, yes. it, or there, I, it must yeah. have been a, several 3, years. 3,000 years yeah, ago. But they make it seem like <laughs> the glacier ice has come over the sword. I'm like, okay, I'm here for all this and in shit. All these, and the ice looks so, because they're all wearing like loincloths and shit, or like varying degrees. Like, Arax is more or less in a loincloth with uh, like kind of a Tarzan type uh, one strap over the shoulder. Yeah, and then like when in the end when he goes to square off against Zaytac, he has like an arbitrary breastplate that he puts on. Yeah, and I think it's just so that he can have that moment where he rips it off. Yeah. It, it feels like, you know, in a, like when you're watching wrestling, you're like, oh, this guy's part of his kayfabe. This has never been part of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just for one gimmick and it's over. Got it. Like, I'm like, oh shit. They introduce like, cause the blade has so much lore throughout the film. You think that the breastplate might have like a little, now I can. And instead he just rips it off do immediately. Think, do you, th you, now you love this genre. And D and D, do you think any fashion from that will ever get worked into either your look or just general uh, looks? Because one that's thing a great. I do think there's like there's a little bit of like not really the kind of Urak warrior look, mm -hmm. but the fucking like wizard like cloak Renfair wizard. That like, shit is. I mean, I have like a towel poncho with a hood. I have a kind of like. 
Clint Eastwood, uh, Italian, um, spaghetti Western kind of poncho that yeah. has a hood, that has no hood, that kind of just hangs off. So and- what do you think? Because a lot of guys were wearing the medieval kind of short hood where it goes over your shoulders and it's like a green, like, yeah. it, it, <laughs> like the thing that like the, like it's, I think, <laughs> is that a shoulder warmer? Like- I think what that's really for is the, the reason we see it a lot in, in illustrations and stuff is that that protects you from your own helmet and breastplate. Okay. It's like, it's like what you put on, then you put your chain mail or your right. plate mail over it to protect you. But clearly they had like, you know, chain mail and plate mail probably cost a little bit too much money for this movie. Cause a lot of people are just wearing random green hoods. Like, ha- like they look like beachhead with shoulders, <laughs> magic protection going on. Yeah. And I actually, this is like the complicated, this is what a lot of fantasy people always fight over is like how magic is treated in their in the world. You mm. know what I mean? And like, I know you. I know you read the Blade itself trilogy, and mm. magic is kind of hard to explain, and uh, everyone is like uh, doesn't believe in it. Yeah, but like there are some people who have like some sort of power we can't explain, and that's really rad. This this move, and then there's some where it's like the wizard snaps his finger and he's here, and like this movie like tries to have both, and it really feels sometimes it's just like. Sometimes just like, oh, that was interesting. I wonder if that was like some sort of mystical thing. And then another times, like a guy will hold up his palm and arrows stop in in one of the worst like stunt gags or visual gags in the entire movie. The guy who stops like a hundred arrows. Yeah, and it looks so fucking fake. Yeah, it's the, the, <laughs> and I don't hate fake. You know, like, I, I like practicality, so I'm yeah. stoked to see a bunch of arrows hanging from it's a string. Smart that and they a don't guy. lean into the magic stuff. Like all the stuff with. Basically, um, Zatak has captured all the sorcerers from the many kingdoms, and he's got them in like a battery, like he's prison. Like he's tra- he's using them to get his evil fucking represented bullshit. by represented by what like the inside of a glow stick in a big bowl yeah. in the middle of his yeah. castle or whatever. It was like that's like rave juice. It was ecto cooler or something. He's got rave juice. It's got like it's it's green lit juice. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> but I love shit like yes, this. Dude. I like the emperor of fucking lighting. Dude, we fucking. We put like eight ecto cooler uh, juice packs into a bowl to try to do. We called it the magic bowl, mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, when we and my brothers would play play Orax growing up, and like ecto cooler is not that color really. It's like the box it's really does the a box lot. Of work. It's like yellowier think, yeah. than you think. It's, it's so, it looks like lemonade. Over. Yeah, it looks like we had a bowl piss, of piss, piss on the party. fucking kitchen counter. I mean, my brothers running around with no shirt on, screaming bong hole, bong hole. My mom fucking walks. <laughs> like, hard to articulate here, Joe. Are, we used to like just take all the shit in the basement and put it into like a bottle and pretend it was like a magic potion. How we didn't kill anybody or poison anybody. My mom acts because we dumped a bunch of random shit into a uh, a detergent bottle of like, all right, this is our potion. And then my mom washed all of our clothes in it, thinking it was just detergent. <laughs> Dude, oh man, it's probably like Windex and like all, all sort of like car polish. Oh yeah, we used to juice. we used to do that with edible shit, like in the kitchen. Just mm-hmm. put like everything into like, but like including like pepper and soup and stuff into like a big jug, and be like, this you know this will give us superpowers. And it was more just like 
a dumb way to trick my youngest brother and, and I guess ourselves in the because eventually yeah. we'd be like it's not that bad like stop crying <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd have to like drink it anyway <laughs> and you're like oh. <laughs> it's good God, once I, you get through the black pepper just being desperate for food is like such a part of childhood of like God if only I had fucking candy right now dude so great we we would like fucking try to find facsimiles to snacks like all the time it would be like we wanted like Ritz cracker peanut butter Ritz crackers we didn't have it so we'd have like white bread with peanut butter <laughs> on it and and like like fold it over and cut like a little circle you know what I mean like we would do things to be like this is actually makes it yummy it, we're not eating a peanut butter sandwich we're eating like a fun kid's snack you know my brother would put sugar on peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> to make it like dessert yeah. to make it like a pop tart I, I slept over at my friend's house once and we were we were like okay we don't have any desserts let's make one we took out his mom's ancient like 1971 cookbook <laughs> and there was a recipe called dessert mountain oh hell yeah so i'm like let's make dessert mountain yeah fuck yeah of course we don't have any of the shit necessary so we improvise and like just put a bunch of st- stuff in a bowl like try to make it no parental supervision whatsoever then we eat it. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's like absolutely inedible. And then I got to take a shit pretty soon after. I'm like, that did not agree with me. <laughs> that was bad. I take me. a huge shit at this dude's house. <laughs> I flush it. I, I go back out. We're watching a movie. He comes back in. He like leaves first. His mom calls him out. It's like, hey, hey, can you come here for a second? And so he leaves, comes back, and he's like, did you shit all over my bathroom? And I'm like, what? It's like there's shit all over my bathroom. <laughs> so like I flushed the toilet and it must have oh, fucking clogged and nightmare. then spewed everywhere. Yeah, the magic bowl spraying yeah. the brown goo, <laughs> the brown magic goo from all the wizard buttholes. So his poor mom is like cleaning the fucking bathroom and blaming him. Of like, did you destroy the bathroom? Yeah, it's dessert canyon over there. <laughs> God, I was mortified. Things that are in your brain that are taking up space you don't need. You said making a dessert. I remembered an episode of Hey Dude, they have a dessert cook-off. They only have white sugar. The recipe calls for brown sugar, and they add Coca-Cola to it to make it brown sugar, and then put it in their brownies, and people are like, these taste like crap. And I don't remember anything else about it. I remember like four things that happened on Hey Dude, and that came up. Like, that's the memory that comes up. Not... You're talking about hanging out with your friends, all nostalgia, and I'm like, that reminds me of an episode hey, of Hey Dude. <laughs> Watch out for the killer cacti and those man-eating jackrabbits. So Urak's got to go to uh, the first level. He, he goes to kill ice Bunghole. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets his blade gets out his of the blade, ice. Yeah. Like, and yeah. It looks insane. And like, clearly not ice. They should be cold. They're not. No, he puts his arm through <laughs> ice. Like, I guess we're supposed to he think it's like a little. smashes it out because he's so strong and like. Now, Let's talk about the sword, the blade itself, yeah. the titular blade. Not the blade itself, the, the uh, Joe Abercrombie story, but... The, the, the blade, blade of, of Urax. The fucking thing looks sick. It's fucking enormous. It's, it does not... Like, when we see him kind of, like, tr- uh, in the flashbacks, like, learning the sword from his the blind master, mm. like, w- when we see those... F- <laughs> I think he's blind. Like, you can't tell. He doesn't ever look at him. You he know doesn't what I mean? look at him. might be a him. blind actor playing like he has sight. But <laughs> it's I hard think to tell. that's a good guess. I thought he was blind. I think he's supposed to be like, blind. They and don't get. That, that's kind of like in that world. In, like that's part of the, the and, yeah. yeah, The it's kind of cliche. Like, and so that would make sense. But they don't really lean into it at all. Because 
it would make more sense if they pointed it out. It's sort of refreshing that they don't, but the guy like it, it's like it's amazing that he can shoot a target straight or something. And in in the third one, that's the one that's like a prequel. That's like young yeah. Lorax. Where it's the only one without without burn without burn, and yeah. it's the worst. And one. it is yeah. the far and away the worst. And when they flash back, Bur- uh, whatever Urex's trainer at uh, the fuck Rihanna, yeah, I forget what it is, something like that. Uh, no, it's not Rihanna. That no, it's Rhiannon or Rhiannon, whatever it is. He isn't blind, and so you're like, oh, that that was just a thing from the first movie that they were like, they so the character exists, yeah, and they and it's the same actor too, and he's in young per he's like in young person makeup, yeah, well. Is he in young person makeup or is he in like very good old person makeup <laughs> in, in this. this movie? Like it's hard to tell. <laughs> I would say based on the budget, like they're yeah, not. Probably, no, because the fucking young one, young Orax, whatever the mm. fuck that one was called. That was the most expensive. That, and yeah, they really cashed in. I think they thought that kid was going to be the next hot thing. I think I think that Kramer thought this is going to like get me out of the, the drag. He has a sex scene. It, it, there's nothing shown, but. That is just an uncomfortable thing for the director to film, to be in a YA sort of like origin story. Like to have your main character sleep with like an old evil witch yeah. is like a cliche of the genre. But if you're making the character, you know, 12 years old, you can't have that shit. Like it's, I, I don't care where you shoot the movie. <laughs> like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care what the fucking Bosnian filming rules are. So this is where he meets the blacksmith played by Shiro Hayashi who we've both seen in Blood Ninja. He's a Japanese actor. He's like a pretty badass guy. And he is getting hassled by some of Bung Hill's men. And Urax like fucking takes these guys out. So this guy's like, hey, if you're going after Bung Hill, I'm there with you. And like hooks him up with some weaponry and gives Urax somebody to talk to. But now we have a Dutch guy and a Japanese guy both of whom they cut a great silhouette because the because uh, Blood Ninja is pretty short mm-hmm. and fucking Burn is enormous and they cut that that, that shot of them yeah. after they've decimated all Bung Hills guys and they're kind of walking into the sunset. It's got I don't know what it's called. I'm not a movie guy, but I love that like wavy heat shit. You know, like the heat coming off the blacktop and like a yeah, Michael I don't Bay think movie. that's a movie thing. That's oh, yeah, like that's, a, that's like, like a phenomenon that <laughs> right. does happen. I think it's the heat actually coming off the. Well, it looks awesome yeah. when they're walking off, even yeah. though Burns eight head. minutes ago they were in a glacier. Yeah, <laughs> now they're in like a hot yeah. desert. And no, no change in <laughs> there. They went from a, a glacier back to the forest land into the desert where the blacksmith lives in Bung Hills land. This guy who plays Bung Hill, he had one role i mean he did, didn't act a lot he played a limo driver in dr rock and roll i've never seen dr rock and roll it's a it's a uh a, a med student it's it's a light comedy and he's uh, a med student by day and then he's trying to be a rock star at night yeah. he's trying to balance both worlds i remember seeing trailers for that movie so fucking much and I just never fucking got around to like it didn't it didn't appeal to me in a way but i they put they put some juice behind it the this is where we meet Kina, played by Lizzie Franklin, who is in the TV series Angel on My Shoulder, where she has a little angel telling her like how to help people's lives, and and which was a very goody goody type of TV well, it turns show. Turns out, so like, someone so, someone <laughs> saw something special in Young Miss Franklin. Yeah, so she's like trying to go against type, and she's like very sexy in this. She's movie. fucking. A, she's a smoke show. 
to me, when I was a kid, this was my like Leia in the gold bikini. Yeah. And this this reveal of her in her like her cell. Yeah. So like they break her out and they um they, because she she of course is the apprentice to one of the sorceresses who is uh, trapped by the attack. So she's like part of their band. So now we've assembled our team. And, and obviously the sorceress, we yeah. should, just to explain this a little bit, some of the sorcerers are bad. Some of them are good. Some of them some are, are just good. Like, and, and they're just getting drained for their sorcery. Yeah. Juice. And then some of them yeah. are like, I will say, I give them credit on the overhead shot of all the sorcerers being drained. Mm. The variation amongst the sorcerers, they their set looks, up a world that yeah. they could never fucking no, pay actually off. pay yeah. off. Yeah. The fucking, we, it was just a giant, like, Croc or Gator in one of them yeah. with a the fucking hat on, yeah. and I was like, "We how are we not going to touch on this?" Yeah, I think they that's never fucking- do. It's a smart idea, but like, oh, you can tell all the other actors are freaked out They're by terrified this of fucking it. Croc, which they must have been like, "It's going to be locked up because it's chained. It's got a big fucking chain around its neck, and but then they it's all bolted. Do they way. all do, <laughs> right. so they can't leave, and it's just got this like straight out of Disneyland, uh, like Sorcerer's Apprentice cap on." <laughs> So, like, I would love, like, every, all these things are being, like, reboot, like, they're making fucking Roadhouse into a series with Jake Gyllenhaal on, like, Peacock or some, or Paramount or some Mm -hmm. shit. That's a series? It's not a... Oh, I hope, I hope it's a movie. I I thought it was a series. It makes sense. Everything's a fucking series now. This needs, like, a... Suicide Squad of the Sorcerers. Yeah, like, that the Sorcerers be, in the world of Iraq. Yeah, yeah like to see a, a show about that and like how they all deal with each other and like, you know, gatherings of wizards and shit like that. Kino and Iraq uh, like hate each other, obviously, and they're, they're, they're and, and then eventually you've seen fuck. a movie yeah, before, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and you know, like, and even like fucking the, the blacksmith is like kind of. He's they, the horniest guy in the movie. He's the horn, and he is like pushing them to have sex and, and like he's getting all excited but then he's drinking and passes out and they kind of, and like when they finally fuck like it, they act as though oh this will be fun for him he'll finally get to hear them fuck like this was his desire the whole movie of like right. like come this like sick yeah. little fucking blacksmith dude yeah. yeah and then and then they do fuck which by the way has the longest Iraq trying to penetrate Keen and trying to find where to go. This is the, like, this is where like, some of the sleaze comes in that we're yeah. talking about because you can't see below the the shot. You can't see below anything. the waist yes. or anything, but it's him like adjusting with his hand trying to find her vagina, and he's having a hard time. And her face acting in this sequence is. Look, I'm going to be frank. It's realistic. I've been in this situation, you know? Like, like, you're like almost, half hard. You get, you're almost, like, okay, sorry. Yeah. If we get it going some, again. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, look, I'm trying to, okay. And she's kind of like, mm, 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 mm-hmm, and, and they've done mm-hmm. some stuff leading up to it where he, like, his his wife uh, or his his child, like, when he was younger, his child love or whoever this character is he refers to was killed yeah he's been alone in the woods like they do a little bit of work to say like yes and 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 it also lets you know that like as soon as they have sex you know kina's gonna die yeah now i did not you're an emotional guy (laughs) (laughs) uh hey editor take that out (laughs) i was not expecting and you've seen this before so it like touched a nerve when kina does die this was fun not fun but it was for our friendship to see, to watch you watch this sequence. Cause no one thinks she's going to die that soon yeah. after fucking him. It's yeah. Like- <laughs> 
it's, it's I think in movie time, in like movie world time, it's supposed to be a couple of hours. Yeah. But in screen, like in running time, as it's soon 40 as she seconds. says that she like they imply that their sex was pregnant. so good. <laughs> That she's in love and she's pregnant. Yeah. And she like, like, holds her belly at when they're at the lake. And and I would say show his ass, right? Like he's tall enough. I'm they shocked they didn't frame yeah. from behind. Just pan it down. It'd be funny to see her at his ass like at her shoulder yeah. blades. And also you're seeing his ass basically the whole movie in the loincloth. Right. Like, and this is like a context where he is naked yeah. post coitus and she's holding her belly looking at the lake and she goes, I can tell that was a lucky one. Mm-hmm. It, your man juice, oh. or man, oh, like it's not juice. juice. It's not juice. It's like <laughs> like your man like uh, serum man ooze. It's I forget. Man, what it, yeah, it's I forget what it is. And oh my god, hold on, it'll come to me. Is it? Yeah, it's man ooze. It's like man ooze. It's yeah, but she, exactly because when he says it, it sounds like man ooze. My my man ooze. My man ooze. My man ooze is strong. <laughs> and then boom. The fucking accents are yeah. right Axe. in that. Now, this is one of my, you know I love these fucking gags. Dummies. The, the frame yeah. to frame yeah. of like, it's like Just her, <laughs> and then cut to a dummy with dummy an axe in its head with like a meat. bad wig. Yeah, <laughs> and fucking blood is, and they, they cut to his face, and no. Burn is, yeah, exactly. Burn is great in this role. But yeah. this is not what you hire him no. for. You're this not hiring is straight him. up Simpsons. <laughs> right. F- like. <laughs> he, he does a better job of acting when yeah. the horse dies later. Yes. And I think, I think, I, not to jump ahead, but spoiler alert, I think that's because that horse really did die on that day. A hundred percent. I mean, There's this is no, an old movie. That the effects are too, <laughs> you can, you can see not, the dude, effects I, and then it's like. It's not oh. an effect. It can't be an effect. Calling it an effect is like it. And he, it also he really hits that horse with yeah. that hammer while riding, and it fucking goes down so hard. And he flips over the top, and then he starts crying. And you're like, "I'm positive this horse is dead." Yeah. And then because it all, yeah. So he's got the camera misses it too. Like they, I don't even out think of they frame. were ready for him. To do and then he's crying and shit. And I was not prepared for the. And I'll I'll be honest, like. You didn't give me a heads up. I got weepy because, like, it affected me. Of all these movies, like, this is the one that emotionally affected me the most is seeing this fucking horse die um, because Burn is so fucked up. Yeah, and it's so obvious that that's Burn. That's not Urak. Like, he is, like, stressed that he kills because Urak is, like, a killer unleashed. He should be, like, he does later on, like, throw two spears into two horses at the same time. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal. So this horse, which, by the way, is not his horse. He picked it up on the way. They they fucking stole it. So it's not like he's bonded to this horse. No. Up. So that's what makes me think, like, he might be bonded fucking, off camera. Yes. Like, and oh, yeah. Like, like uh, what's his name on uh, uh, the donkeys from uh, Banshees of Inner Shrine. Yeah. Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell ban- bonded with the donkeys. Um, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? Like, got, oh, Vigo Mortensen. Vigo kept all his horses. Insisted on shooting a doggo right after, after <laughs> learning how cool horses were. <laughs> so There's wh- a movie I've referenced 100 times Old and I've doggo. never seen in my entire life, and I love Vigo, and I have like a more mature movie taste now. I'm yeah. curious if I would actually like a doggo. Yeah. I'll report back. Let me know. Let days. me know. Well, I'll take, I'll take, can I borrow it? Hildalgo? Yeah, you ever seen it? Right Can here? I even say it? <laughs> what? Hildalgo. Hidalgo? Hidalgo. I think that, there's I, only one L. Hidalgo. And it's at the okay, end. Okay, I got it. Hidalgo. Hidalgo. Okay, this is going to be my like vocal warm up before I do the show. 
Hidalgo. Red leather, yellow leather. Hidalgo, Hidalgo. Vigo Mortensen. Hidal- Hidalgo. Vigo Mortensen stars in Hidalgo with a horse, a horse in Hidalgo. So let's talk about the final showdown with uh, Arax and Zaytac. And Zaytac. Um, it's not until – I've talked about this movie for well, 30 oh, years of my life. It's not until this podcast yeah. do I realize how everyone's name rhyming is like so fucking weird. <laughs> Yorax, Zaytac. Yorax. Zaytac. No, it's Zaytac. No, Zaytac. Zaytac. Arax. Fucking Zaytac's son, K-Tax. K-Zac. Kina. Kina. The uh, I mean, we didn't talk about Bung Hill's death, which is kind of the the be- better death because they feed him to vultures. Because like it's like the vulture deity. We, and we got like, a little bit of Chekhov's yeah, vultures here yeah. when we go in there, and all the vultures are squawking, and <laughs> they're like trying to like sneak past him and shit. And you're like, I bet you these vultures. This movie doesn't yeah. buy a bunch of vul- or steal a bunch of vultures or birds with vulture masks. So I can't tell what's going on. The, the lighting is so. I guess not bad. Like it's it's low. The lighting is very low in the vulture sequence. But when the gag comes, when they feed him, the the, the it's just an overhead shot of a fucking scarecrow full yeah. of fucking chop but, meat. But they they must have buried his head because he's still alive. Like right. so, they throw the body all fucked up into the vulture like habitat, and then and so. His head is screaming and shit as like the vultures are eating fucking. <laughs> it's so like, it's really he fucking holds the head and yeah. looks at the body and then eventually just hucks the head. That, that's the shit that they don't do in movies anymore. It's no. like graphic yeah. and then funny and corny at the same time. Like that, it's mo- ridiculous enough that you don't feel weird watching it. Right, it's violent and yeah. gross and like. Maybe disrespectful to vultures, like I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I hope it's good, pent up. good meat. Like, yeah, I yeah, I mean, they seem to be based on it. how they treated the horses. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the vultures get any better treatment than the fucking giant gray horse that he takes a fucking warhammer to the skull. And it's it's similar to the end. Like, basically, without explaining it, we learn that the blade of Arax is impervious to magic. Right. So when the blacksmith says something about the blade, the metal, like he's meet, never seen anything like yeah, it. And, and yeah. I think they needed to do like a, a, just one more pass yeah. on that. And because who better than the blacksmith yeah, to, to like, be give like, you that's the not of this web. world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and when the, when the fuck, and I'm going to use a big air quotes for listeners. When the lightning hits the sword, mm. you are not <laughs> impressed. Yeah. <laughs> he struggles to hold on to it a little bit. And he kind of like, powers through it it's unwieldy just the design of the sword yeah. doesn't make sense to like well, i was gonna say that earlier when they cut to the flashback with the blind trainer rihanna yeah. rihanna or whatever he's fucking showing him how to use this sword that is so cooled in it in its design when it doesn't really work as a weapon now clearly hershey also only shot this movie for a couple of days because there's a lot where it's like We're and t- maybe this is why they did the wig choice maybe it wasn't on hershey but like Clearly, it's not him in a lot of those shots. It's just somebody wearing a, an afro with a ponytail. Well, they look. Th- this guy is. We go eighty minutes without seeing his face again. <laughs> like we see him in the opening scene, and we see him in this final square down. Every time we see him in between, it's like the back of his head, the afro silhouette, his arms up in the air, and like magic juice flying mm-hmm. everywhere. And you're like, they clearly like they. I bet you they only shot those two days with him, and retroactively had to be like, we should keep reminding the audience that 
uh, Zaytac. Yeah, is and he's got, and they got to keep reminding the audience about the magic juice and 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 all these these wins are all always kind of like puzzles where Urax has to figure out like it's the juice, so he smashes the juice. Right. Yeah. Which makes uh, Zaytac lose all his power, and then he's able to fucking push him through the glass orb. Now, that's, that's a yeah. cool effect. Mm. Now, this movie is cheap as fuck, but that makes me think they pushed fucking Hershey into a like real mirror or something. Because like, <laughs> that shit looked so fucking cool. I, and also, they probably all hated him because he was a fucking terror on the set. So oh. maybe they were like, just fucking, <laughs> just give us one. And they got them all fucking liquored up. Yeah, they get this guy out to the fucking desert, and he turns out he's got a... Well, I was going to say he's got a mescaline problem, but that doesn't happen until the late 80s. I think he yeah. was... Yeah, he. this is when he's taking... He's just like, getting he's started. Taking, he's, it's, still, it's still working for him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's taking, like, bennies and, like... Yeah, yeah he's, he's on, taking he's, old school. He's yeah, taking, he's on, like, trucker drugs. He's on truck. Yeah, yellow jackets and... <laughs> Blue devils. <laughs> all, the shit, all the shit the sheriff came to your school yeah. and scared all you All the about. stuff that was in the fucking fake briefcase <laughs> that the guy in the dare shirt t- showed you. Yeah. This is Acapulco gold. <laughs> what? Stay away from this stuff. Remember being told about hashish at like 13 years old? (laughs) Being like, is that like weed but better? (laughs) Everything they told you just turned me on. Uh, Yeah, it was all cool. (laughs) Yeah, so cool. If anybody's trying to push horse on you. I'm like, horse? (laughs) Don't tell fucking burn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the wizards, the sorcerers and wizards all get free. And uh, kind of uh, like you even see the crocodile. Dis, like go up in a poof of flame, like yeah. like like blue flame. Like okay, now he's free to fucking transport to whatever wherever the fuck he goes. Yeah, or back to a human or something. Like they don't mm-hmm. really speak that. The other thing that I think is really cool here, uh, we didn't talk about it, but after uh, she takes the axe to the head, mm-hmm. you know, we get to see some cool fucking big one on forty action sequence where he's just fucking mowing people down like wheat with a fucking yeah. fresher, but. We see one of the evil sorcerers uh, styled like those fucking little goblin guys yeah. with the little pointy helmets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little bit of world building. It's yeah. like, oh, they were lost without their sorcerer leader. So they went crazy and killed uh, a childlike princess. And they try to end it on a weird, bittersweet note where he takes out, like it's supposed to be sweet. And because we didn't see him cut off the hair of. Uh, Kina, but he's got it in his pocket, and it's so much. It's not a lock of hair. No, it's it a, is like a, f- a full braid or something yeah. like that. It's so and much loose, and he, but not braided. Yeah, it's not braided. So he pulls out. He's got a wig in his pocket. Yeah. It's got to be like, and they tease this like in between when they're going into the castle. He like reaches into his pocket and says, "Okay, let's go." And you don't know what that's about. Yeah. And, and the, you think it's going to be a little bit more of like ghost uh, Deus Ex Machina? Yeah, and even at like it's like he's going to have a magic sand or some shit. And yeah. it's like because he hasn't had pockets up until this point of the movie. Yeah, he never uses the magic sand. Yeah. Also, like, they do a whole set piece where they got to uh, go get the he's magic gotta sand. He's got to weigh it out and shit. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the blacksmith's got to fucking he's doing the fucking yeah. b- b- justice scale and shit. Like, and I'm watching. I'm as a kid. I'm fucking yeah. enamored by. It. I'm like, yes, math. So he sni- <laughs> he gets a big sniff of this wig, and that's how he ends. And then he's like off back to his lonely life until his next adventure, which I, I can't wait to watch with you. Oh, dude, I w- I will gladly. 
we don't have to do an episode on it, but I'm fucking. I got another couple. The, I got them. The sequel. The sequel's only like 94 minutes. Yeah. It fucking crude. Yeah. Oh, and the first eight minutes is a like a wrap up of what happens in this. Like it's, it's like a highlight reel. Yeah. Of this they first use movie. some yeah. of this old it's, footage. It's awesome for that reason. That's the. It's like Rocky Three Rocky, or whatever. Yeah. It's like the best part is when they use the footage from the better movies. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks, buddy. Oh man, thanks for having me. Fuck, dude. That's it for this week. Big thank you to John Gabris. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. To quote Ron Popeil, word of mouth is the best form of advertisement. Also said it and forget it, but that seems less relevant in this situation. The Roch Tapes is edited by Brian Holmes with theme song by Brett Morris. Till next time, see you on the road.